Bellissimo Files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up! Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. <laughs> your favorite person, Serena. Serena! <laughs> ready for you to go ahead and take it away. This. This is the Bellissimo Files. It's the Bellissimo Files on Spin. And now, your host, yeah. Serena Bellissimo. Good morning, how's it going? I can't believe this is it. We are on our way to Christmas. This time next week, the stretchy pants will be out and we'll be sitting into our Christmas... Well, not what time is it? It's only 10 o'clock. Yeah, I'll probably be starting um, the, the box of roses and starting into the food. Have you finished your Christmas shopping? Yeah, nah, neither have I. I'm planning to do that all of next week. Um, but I'm not worrying about my Christmas shopping today because we have a fabulous show on the way. I'll be catching up with director Adam McKay. He's going to tell us how he managed to get an all-star cast that includes the likes of Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Ariana Grande and so much more to be in his new Netflix film, don't look up. Joey Batty and Anya Chalotra are going to be talking The Witcher Season 2. And up next, I'm going to introduce you to our one to watch. It's Niley. Oh, the Bellissimo Files. One to watch. This week's one to watch is a singer-songwriter from Kerry who started gigging, gigging in pubs and restaurants at only 16 years of age. This month, he released his latest single, Four Years. I'm talking about Niley. Niley, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks so much for having me on, Serena. Thank you. How does it feel to be ending the year with some new music? Oh, it's great in fairness. Like, um, I started this journey back in January of, um, of 2021, so, and I got my second single then out in May, so I really was pushing to get one more out to, you know, to keep, to keep, keep it going and, you know, I'd let no one would forget about me. So, yeah, it was great to get it out, and, uh, but I'm certainly looking forward to 2022 now and to release more singles, definitely. How has it been getting your music out? Because I looked at your Spotify wrapped. And the coolest thing, I think, was seeing that your music has been heard in over 56 countries. Does that blow your mind? Yeah, yeah, it does. In fairness, I, I actually couldn't believe it. I was like, I'd be happy enough if people around here listen to my music. But then when I saw 56 countries, I was, it was, it was, I was blown away, to be honest. But look, I suppose that's the power of, um, of Spotify and stuff. It just pushes your music out to everywhere, which is great. So I was very happy with that. Yeah, definitely. Was there one country that you looked on that list and went, how? Like, how did, <laughs> how did they even find my music? I know, yeah. And what it was, like, so far, it was, like, Dubai and Australia and all these places. I was like, geez, that's that's amazing, really. Yeah, no, it was great. I suppose there's there's probably people from South Korea that are uh, that are doing the promotion work for me out there, so I'd say <laughs> I'll have to thank a lot of people around here. <laughs> <laughs> the power yeah, of definitely. the Irish. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, yeah. You can't get rid of us. <laughs> <laughs> you um, you said that you started this whole process this year in 2021, but you have yeah. been gigging since the age of 16 in bars and yeah. restaurants. Where did you find the guts? Like, is it's one thing to get up at school and perform on the school stage, but to actually yeah. go into, and to busk, I suppose, but to go into pubs and bars. Yeah. Well, I suppose because my, my dad and his two brothers were in a band when they were very young and they've been, they were gigging for years and I suppose they kind of hand over the reins to me and uh, and to my sister as well, in fairness. Um, but it was like, yeah, we I was, I was kind of started singing when I was in school in shows and, and plays and stuff. But at kind of 16, I, I didn't kind of, um, you know, decide to take it kind of seriously. And yeah, I just went around to the bars and just asked 
can I play a gig? And it kind of went from there then, which was great. And it really, it's, it's great experience. Like it really, it really helps you, I find. And it's just a lot of fun as well, to be honest. <laughs> but you've moved on from there. What was it like to be yeah. on the stage at the IMEC during the week? Yeah, that was, that was something else. That was, I absolutely loved in fairness, like just to do your own original music in such a, it was an amazing setting as well. And to be supporting Pashi too is like, I'm still kind of on a high, to be honest. And um, this was great. So I'm definitely looking to do more of that. That's yeah. a great way to end 2021. So yeah, that, yeah. and going into yeah. 2022, what what are your hopes? Yeah. 2022, are we seeing an EP? Yeah, yeah, definitely an EP down the line. Um, so I have three songs out at the moment, but I'd love to, you know, have like a body of work that kind of represents me. So definitely an EP down the line, of course. You wouldn't mind a debut album as well at some stage, but definitely I'm kind of taking it slow at the moment, just trying to um, kind of grow a fan base and kind of really, um, yeah, just have a body of work at the end, maybe. I'm thinking towards the summer have an EP out definitely well we're looking forward to that if people want to see your progress find out when you're releasing new music give us your social handles yeah so I'm at N-I-I-A-L-L-Y so at Niley underscore on um, Facebook Instagram Twitter and um, I'm just Niley on Spotify so if you want to check out my music that would be great brilliant well Niley good luck with all of that can't wait to hear your new stuff Thank you so much. No, no it's great to have, to have me on and delighted to be asked. So thanks very much, Serena. Well, before I let you go, talking about new music, as we said at the start of the show, you have a new single that you've just released. Will you introduce it for us? Yeah, this is Niall here on the Bellissimo Files, and this is my new single, Four Years. Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. The wait is over for The Witcher fans. The Witcher Season 2 dropped yesterday on Netflix, the perfect binge for this Christmas season. We caught up with the star Henry Cavill last week. Now it's time to catch up with two of his co-stars, Joey Batty and Anya Chalotra. They are back as Yaskia and Yennefer for season two. Let's find out how they felt about going back. Anya and Joey, congratulations on season two. Thank Thank you. Joey, fans are so excited that season two is coming back. But I heard you say you were so excited that when you turned up to set, you actually forgot your line. <laughs> I forgot my first uh, my first few lines and <laughs> I was doing it in the wrong accent and I think in the wrong order. Uh, my whole my whole day was was pretty much ruined by this point um, because it was, it felt like such a, it felt like we, it felt, it's been such a long time and these characters are so complex. Lauren has written these these characters with great detail and texture and if you're not on, on it and you're not concentrating and if you're a bit overwhelmed by, you know, these amazing sets and these um, uh, g- crew and cast, then you can... Uh, it's so easy to drop the ball. Thankfully, I don't think I dropped it again. No. I don't think you're so. You're on it. <laughs> and yet you've said Yennefer has changed my life. I love playing her. How has she changed your life and what do you love about her? Oh, uh, changed my life because... Well, this is the biggest thing I've ever done for a start. When I say big, I mean the scale of it. I mean how long we film for, the experience I get, the people I get to meet, the amount of people on set, everything, the sets, the costume, the make, everything. And the character, I've gotten to know so much about myself through her. I don't think acting's a therapy, but indirectly it is. I've gotten to know what my magnetism is like through playing her, my kind of confidence is through her, because she's had to put on this facade. Joey, you've said that this season you've described Jaskia as being on a gap year. Why is that? Uh, I I don't remember saying that. You're incredibly Um, (laughs) well-researched. It's like, I think by by that I meant that, you know, he's, he's... 
stepping away from the, the the bar that he once was and you know if we see season one as like you know him getting his A-levels and kind of heading out into the world on his own then this is the first year out and this is the first time that he's no longer defining himself by a friendship or by uh, by, mm. by other people he's he's now got the money he's got the fame and, and he's going to try and enjoy it but it's quite hard to do that in a in a in a darkening uh, continent, a continent full of danger and full of real, real threat this season. So, uh, yeah, if it is a gap year, then it's a blooming weird one, I tell you. Anya, to make this season, you guys had to work your butts off. It wasn't any ordinary. I mean, it's a, it's a tough enough show to make, and then you throw COVID into the mix. What were some of the challenges of this season? Yeah, COVID was the biggest challenge, I think, because, um, well, I mean. We had a testing centre on site, so we felt I felt safer on set than I did outside. Mm-hmm. But then you've got everyone's anxious for themselves, their loved one, you know, a relative, mutual friend, the world, mm-hmm. you know. So the anxiety on set kind of was palpable. You could feel that. You could, you know, that that's a bond that I don't think I'll, that really connected us. And I will never forget what it was like on the last day, actually. And it was just. I was just so emotional for everyone else. You know, so much had happened in that space of time for so many people, so many life-threatening things, and we were all working so hard to bring something entertaining to the screen because we knew it would be entertaining. Mm. Um, uh, so, yeah, that was probably the biggest challenge. So does that mean, Joey, that you're looking forward to going back to season three? Because we know that Lauren's been saying she's hoping that there's a seven-season arc to this. Are you hoping that when you go back for season three, it can be a bit more light-hearted? Wow. We're not going to do seven seasons. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, you know what? I won't lie. I wasn't looking forward to it. But I was exhausted by the time I finished season two and I needed a break from, from Yaskia. Uh, and then it's literally only been in the past month or two where I've started to get itchy and started wanting to, to get back to playing him again. And, uh, and, you know, we're in discussions with Lauren and all the team about where season three is going. And um, yeah, I'm I'm now pretty excited. I I'm trying to keep a lid on it so that it, I like peak excitement when I start filming. Yes, I can't. So that you don't forget your lines. So I don't forget my lines. Exactly. <laughs> How does it feel to have this over and out there for the fans? You got it. You know that's what that's what it's like. You know, letting your babies walk for the first time. You, you know, we it's kind of setting it out into the world, and there is a a real sense of pride and. Um, that comes with making something like this, but if I'm completely honest, and I know you, I, you might disagree, no, but we're all just uh, like knackered because this has yeah. been a two-year or nearly it a two-year long. You until until it's out there and it's been given to some to the audience. Yeah. Really, I'm it's, just can't wait for that moment that it's kind of handed over. Yeah, it's a I'm marathon, really... and we're and we're, we're we're kind of reaching the finish line. And th- at the end of a marathon, you don't really feel like celebrating too much. You feel a great sense of pride and achievement, but you're, you're knackered. Yeah. <laughs> you just, yeah. Thank you for enjoying that marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the break. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you for your questions. The Witcher Season 2 is streaming on Netflix now. Let's go! The Melissa Files. What to watch. What to watch. She is back from her honeymoon and she's gone straight back into the cinema and to the TV screen. I'm talking about entertainment.ie's Dij Malumbi. D, how's it going? Welcome home. It's going very well. Thanks for making me sound like I have no life, Serene. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, my gosh, you've just come back from a honeymoon. Like, I know, I know, I know. It was, it, was, it was amazing, yes. Great. And you 
straight back to work, though. You're there reviewing stuff, so we that know whether life. to give it a miss <laughs> or to watch. And so let's start with one that I've been dying to see. It is in cinemas. It's been in cinemas a couple of weeks. It's called West Side Story. Oh, I absolutely adored this. Yeah, both of the movies I'll be talking about this week, I'm really glad to give big thumbs up to, but West Side Story, this is just amazing. I love the 1961 original version, and this is a remake of it now by Steven Spielberg. So for those who are unfamiliar with it, although at this stage, everyone should really know West Side Story, but it is set in 1950s New York City, and tensions are rising between two rival street gangs, the Jets and the Sharks. When Tony, who is best friends with the leader of the Jets, falls in love with Maria, who is sister of the leader of the Sharks. Their love affair could lead to peace between the gangs or it could be all-out war. Let's take a clip. I'm not Puerto Rican. Is that okay? I want to be happy here. I want to make a life at home. You keep away from him. I'm going to think for myself. A clip there from West Side Story. Just hearing the music gets me excited. Hearing that Steven Spielberg um, is behind this also makes me excited. I'm not a massive fan of Ansel Elgort. So what's he like in it? I really liked him in it. I think that the role of Tony, you know, even from watching the original, is kind of a thankless role and it's probably one of the more boring roles in the movie. But I thought that he did a really great job in it. Although, to be honest with you, Rachel Ziegler, who's kind of this up-and-coming star, she's going to be playing Snow White as well in the Disney live-action remake. But she is just amazing and she steals every scene from him. I thought that she was incredible. I thought that there were a lot of newcomers who really stood out to me, like Ariana DeBose, who is playing um, Anita and she has no easy task either because Rita Moreno who originally played the role of Anita she's in this movie as well so starring opposite her must have been quite you know intimidating but I thought she did a fantastic job uh, Mike Fa- Feist and David Alvarez who play Riff and Bernardo as well respectively they're amazing as is Rita Moreno herself the cast are fantastic but to be honest with you everything about this is so good Steven Spielberg was exactly the right director for this project because his love of the original comes through but so does he also manage to kind of elevate the story to like another level through kind of modernizing it taking out those kind of more problematic issues with it but also just it's an incredible film in terms of like its choreography is fantastic it is just so so beautifully filmed like the actors and the settings like you could literally like freeze it at any second and kind of print it out and put it on your wall it's just such a gorgeous movie to look at and it's still like so so moving even for people who have known this story for years and years, the tragedy still hits like a ton of bricks. And I think it's because it's just expert filmmaking in terms of the story, the characterization and the visuals. It's just, it's such a well-made movie. I was really, really happy to see it. And I'm hoping that people do manage to get to see it because I know that, for example, at the box office, it maybe not, isn't doing quite as well um, as kind of people predicted. But for my money, it would be like the movie that I think everyone should try to see on the big screen this Christmas because it's just so, so beautiful. Oh, well, I'm so glad that got a good review. You're also going to give a good review to this next film, Last Train to Christmas, and I have to put my hand up, Dee, and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, so it's funny. I feel like at the moment, every streaming and on-demand service has their own collection of original, all-new Christmas movies out at the moment. Like, Netflix seemed to produce at least a dozen a year at this point. But this particular one is actually uh, going to be on Sky Cinema and now, um, and it premieres today, actually. Um, So, plot-wise, we're following this successful nightclub manager called Tony Towers in 1985. He's this local celebrity. He's engaged to the gorgeous Sue. 
he's about to embark on this uh, family reunion. However, when he goes to the buffet cart, he actually lands in 1995 and discovers that all of his clubs have failed, his life has fallen apart. So he basically finds out that this train is kind of a time-moving sphere and if he goes forward into the carriages, he goes forward in time and if he goes backwards, he's able to go back in time. So gradually these mysteries around his past start to unravel and he's desperately trying to cling to his engagement and to his career and even to his family. So um, it's just one of those interesting like time-travelling movies but with the Christmas movie twist. Is it a bit like, is it based a bit on the the famous Christmas Carol? It is. It kind of, it's a little inspired by Christmas Carol, a little bit like It's a Wonderful Life, but it also kind of reminded me about a movie like About Time, you know, starring uh, Donald Gleeson and even the Adam Sandler movie Click from a few years ago. So there are little hints of other movies in there, but it's also something that's totally its own, which I could really appreciate. Okay, but I can give that one out of five. I really enjoyed this one. I'm going to give it four out of five stars. I thought that Michael Sheen was fantastic in it. I thought that stylistically it was really interesting. It's a clever premise. There are a few plot holes to that ending. I think that's always the way with time travel movies. But you know what? It's a really nice final message and it has that feel-good Christmas spirit to it. And I think it's one of the best original Christmas movies of the year. There have been some turkeys out there. Wow, what a way to end your reviewing for 2021. Two really good films there, Dee. I really, yeah, they're both high recommendations, one in the cinema and one that's on demand. So, you know, whichever, take your pick. Brilliant. Deidre Malumbi, thanks a million. Thanks for everything this year and happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you too, Serena. Chat to you in the new year. Thanks, bye. The Bellissimo Files. Favourite things. Joining me to share his favourite things this week is a Dublin theatre legend who is best known for his long-running appearances in the Gaiety Panto. This year, he plays Chief Cook Granny Haddock in The Little Mermaid. It is Joe Conlon. Joe, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Morning to you all. It's lovely to talk to you. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to talk to you before you take to the stage. This is... It's a full-on time for you, isn't it? It is. Um, as I talk to you now, when I finish this, I go in and I do show prep where we do warm-ups, physical warm-ups, vocal warm-ups, we show notes. Uh, the other day, we had a show clean-ups where all the stuff is cleaned up, all our routines are cleaned up, and so it's kept fresh every time that audience sees it for the first time because it's their first time to see the production. How exhausting is that? Because you do two shows a day and I'd say one show takes the energy out of you. How do you get that energy going again for that second show? Yeah, it is. I'm not going to say it's it's easy. It's not. Look, it's my job. It's my it's my career, my chosen career. Uh, and um, But when you go in there, you have to have a discipline, and I solely speak for myself. Um, without generalising that, um, I have I'm I'm very disciplined. I've my food prep, and I've a rest between performances. So we might have two hours off. Sometimes the turnover can be a bit short, but once you get that little rest, I love power naps. Twenty minutes, conk out, yeah, and get up. And I tell you what energises you then for the second uh, performance because you are it's going. Oh God, here we go again, and but the energy from the audience. It just, when you hit that stage, you where did that come from? Where did that come out of? You know, and the response back. What do you love most about panto? Because it is a strange genre. Can I just say, as someone who never grew up with panto, I went to my first panto and I just went, what? Like, at the start, it was quite jarring. I was like, what is going on? But by the end, 
I was swept away. There's nothing like it. First of all, I think uh, it's part of the magic of Christmas in the city. Going around to the theatre, Grafton Street lights on, the buzz around town. That's number one. Number two, as you as you alluded to, I had an American friend of mine in recently from New York. He's going, oh my God, Joey, what's going on up here? <laughs> oh my God. She couldn't get over it. She said, to see Americans with the pantomime in New York or wherever in the US going, you got to answer back. Oh my God, what's going on up here, Purple? Didn't get, but you're right, at the end of it, she was swept, swept up by it. She said the energy on stage. And I think that's an integral part of the, the panto is the energy. It's also an arts thing. We are part of an arts community. We are struggling, but we are getting there. And I'm delighted that out of COVID, something good has come for the pantomime tradition and performers that it's been recognised now as an art form. Always yeah. has been. But it is an art form. We're actors, singers, yeah. dancers, you know? Well, Joe, we know that you played great dames over the years, but we want to get to know you as a person. So are you ready to share your favourite things with us? Let's go with it. Come on. What TV show are you obsessed with right now? At the moment, because of my scheduling, I'm loving EastEnders. The writing at the moment is off the scale. Favourite book? At the moment, I tell you what I'm looking at. The Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the House. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm reading that at the moment. And Licking a Promise by Imelda May. There are all these beautiful poems. Some of the narratives in Imelda May's poems are truly beautiful. Oh, my God. I don't know where her head is thinking and it hits you. It's a beautiful book. Your favourite movie? I always go back to Scent of a Woman. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. I wow. always go back to that. And I think that moment when he takes her onto the dance floor and they start to dance and that connection through movement and music. Oh my God, I was so shocked. Love it. Yeah. Favourite album? I have a bit of a grow for the Coronas. And they have some lovely stuff and they have a new album coming out. And I've heard it recently. So yeah, Danny and the Coronas. What podcast are you listening to right now? Mario Rosenstock. You need a good laugh, Straight don't you? In. Yeah, need a good oh laugh. Oh, my God. He's a lovely, lovely person, but you just need a laugh. What app can't you live without? YouTube. There's loads of information out there. It's yeah. very informative. Your favourite account to follow on social media? I'm a foodie. I love cooking and baking food. I have a bit of, bit of a background with food. And I follow Donald Skeen. Um, his, his food is always very tasty, and uh, but it's always very easy to apply yeah. yourself to do. What's your favourite Christmas tradition? Tradition would be Christmas Eve because I have two shows before Christmas Eve on the 23rd and I'm able to go out. I This Christmas Eve, I'm going first to meet my niece and we're going for a little bit of lunch. But I'll be home about half three because come four o'clock, I'm going, I have to go home. I'm exhausted. <laughs> it just hits you. I adore Christmas Eve and the buzz. Now, I, I'm going to be socially very careful because I have to. And, and then Christmas Day, I'm at home and I stay at home and I go nowhere Christmas Day. The reason being, I, I, I just get up early. I go for a little jog, if not a walk. And then, because I have two shows on Stevens's Day, that's it because you, my voice will be tired. You need to mind your voice and just chill. And before you know it, it's like four o'clock and up early Stevens's morning. So, yeah, I, Christmas Eve. I adore Christmas. Well, see, this is the thing about Christmas. It's whatever you want it to be. You celebrate it however you want, whenever you however, want over the Christmas period. And, and yeah. you, do what, you do what makes you happy over the Christmas period. 
I love that advice. And I love that you're making so many people happy through the panto. Joe Conlon, thank you so much for sharing your favorite things with us and for all your performances. Thank you so much. And, you know, I'm part of a great team in there. It's just not one person. There's a team of us in that theater, in that wonderful production. And as we say at the end of it, every time, this is no ordinary panto. It's the gaiety panto. Happy Christmas. If you're one of the lucky people who does have tickets to go see um, The Little Mermaid at the Gaiety, just make sure you check their website, gaietytheatre.ie, as they are constantly updating what the current restrictions are, what you need to do before you attend the the performance. So it's gaietytheatre.ae. Oi, A-E. What country am I living in? Let me give that to you again. gaietytheatre.ie. I-E. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. Now it is time to catch up with Adam McKay. Adam McKay is no stranger to working with Hollywood A-listers, thanks to films like Anchorman, Step Brothers, The Other Man, um, The Big Shot. But in his latest film, he takes it up a level. He has Meryl Streep, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Kate Blanchett, Ariana Grande. The list goes on and on. In this film, Leonardo and Jennifer play two astronomers who they have to go on a giant media tour to warn mankind about an approaching comet that will destroy the Earth. I caught up with Adam to find out more about this. Hey, Adam, how's it going? Good, Serena. How are you doing? I'm good. I spent two hours watching Don't Look Up last night and loved (laughs) being in amongst that cast. I know. It's a great group, right? Oh, my gosh, Adam. It's one thing to sit there and dream up, because I'm sure when you're writing something, you're going, okay, well, I have this person in mind and I have that person in mind. And it's one thing to dream it up. But when you see them on the set, what is going through your mind and how do you get them there? Yeah, it was crazy. It was one of those cases where everyone, our kind of dream casting choices, kept saying yes. And whether it was Meryl Streep, uh, you know, Himish Patel, Kate Blanchett, Tyler Perry, they all just came aboard. And I think a lot of it was they were really excited about the idea of getting into this subject. You know, the subject being how bonkers our current world is. And I think they were all really hungry to interpret that, and especially in a big comedy. I heard you say, I never wanted this movie to overlap with reality this much. You started writing this pre-pandemic, pre all this political drama. I mean, there was always political drama, but, like, it's gotten to another level. So what goes through your mind when you see life imitating your art yeah we had a, you know we had to come back from boston we were scouting the movie the script was written a bunch of people were cast and the pandemic hit and we did what everyone did we went home and sat around for five months um and it was definitely one of the strangest experiences i've ever had watching beat after beat from the movie come true yeah. So our question was, you know, do you make this movie? Have we just lived it? And what we discovered was the movie wasn't really about the specific disaster. It was more about how we've broken and twisted and prophetized the ways that we talk to each other and communicate. And that that was really the bigger point of the movie. And from that point, we were more excited to do it. After you've had this five-month break and, you know, yes, you decided I'm going to do it. But 
it's one thing you deciding after you've gotten everyone on board, the pandemic hits, was it hard to get people back on board or were people like, no, do you know what? I need to do this, especially now. They were so excited to get back into it. I checked with every actor and I just said, what do you think? You know, we've seen a lot of this come true, but I do think there's still uh, very valid points to be made. And I do think a comedy could be a good thing for how traumatizing the past 10 years have been or even 20 years. And every single cast member just said, yes, please, let's do it. I know I keep going on about the cast, but it it is an incredible cast. And as I said, I really enjoyed spending two hours with them, even if they freaked me out some of the time. You're not surprised to see Kate Blanchett, Meryl Streep, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jonah Hill, the list goes on and on. But some people might be surprised to see Ariana Grande. How did she come to your mind? You know, we, we had a pop star character in the script originally, and we kept talking about how it was an Ariana Grande-like character. And someone told me, you know, Ariana Grande is a pretty good actor. Like, she's done television, and she's pretty cool. And I just was like, let's try her. And same with Kid Cudi. I saw a tape of Kid Cudi acting in dramatic scenes. So, you know, at that point, we had decided to let the floodgates open and fill this movie with all kinds of name actors. We really felt like it served the point of the movie, which is distraction culture, celebrity, uh, clicks, likes, all that kind of stuff. So we thought it was kind of funny to have this many name people in the movie. Adam, I can't talk to you without talking about a TV series that we're all going crazy over right now, Succession. Were you as surprised with, and I know you're very involved in it, but were you as shocked with the way it ended in season three? And I've heard that you've started giving notes for season four. What can you tell us? Uh, yeah, I read those outlines. I read those rough scripts and I thought it was pretty genius. Yes. Came up with. Um, yeah, that's a fun show. You know, I was lucky enough to get to help put that together, directing the pilot with the cast and the look of the show and the music with Jesse Armstrong. And then the writing staff they have is just so incredible. So it's gotten to the point now where this past year, I just give a couple of notes. They're fully, you know, sailing off across the horizon line. Well, it is brilliant. So great to chat to you. Don't Look Up will be available on Netflix. And I have to say, I cannot also wait to see Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. So excited about that. Oh, that's a really fun one. Yeah, that was another one I got to produce and direct the pilot on and bunch of incredible actors. Crazy story. I think people will enjoy that. Brilliant. Well, Adam, thank you so much for your time. Have a great Christmas. All right, Serena. Be well. Don't Look Up premieres on Netflix on Christmas Eve. That's next Friday. Gosh, where's the time gone? Break break, 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 break it down. The Melissimo Files. What did I miss? If you just tuned in, you missed me singing along to Jason Derulo. But in studio with us now is Aoife. There's a lot going on, Aoife. There is, there is. I have some good news for TV fans or maybe for those who are looking for something new to watch over Christmas because that's exactly what I'm going to do with this series. Killing Eve, we've gotten a teaser for season four. I thought it was ending with season three. This must be the final season. Maybe, season yeah. I yeah. don't know a whole lot about Kill and Eve. To be honest, the extent I know about Kill and Eve is the snippets that they show on Gogglebox. 
because they always make them watch it on Gogglebox and every time I see it I'm like I really 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 yeah. want to watch that it looks really good and I don't think I've had enough spoilers to not watch it so um, season 4 it looks like it's going to be a big thing uh, there's lots of stuff on fire in the little teaser trailer and um, the caption that BBC put up just says burn baby burn Oh, so I'm sure that'll make sense to Kill Eve fans but it doesn't to me I'm really excited to get into it over Christmas okay that's exciting now you were telling me a little bit about this off air I had no idea that dogs could actually do this yes so you know I love any dog story this one is kind of a little appeal to dogs out there to give help to their other canine friends so the veterinary hospital over at UCD has put a call out on their website looking for blood transfusion donations because dogs need blood transfusions just like humans so you know there's always a big drive here for give blood we need blood supplies it's the same with dogs so if you have a healthy dog I think they have to be under uh, 8 years of age and they shouldn't weigh more than 25 kilograms and they should be in full health but you can sign them up to be a blood donor with the UCD veterinary hospital that is amazing isn't it yeah it's things that you don't think about of course i need blood transfusions where do they get it from exactly other dogs yeah right so one more time if people are interested where do they go it's the ucd veterinary hospital you can find all the info on their website and finally i think you and i might sign up for this one this sounds like (laughs) this sounds like it's too good to be true Aoife. yeah it might be it might be (laughs) now if you are like me and serena you probably spend many hours a day wasting away hours on tiktok Mm -hmm. it is just I cannot help it. I get in the videos because they're a minute to three minutes long. I'm there for ages. Now you could be paid for watching TikTok. How? Sign me up. What do I need to do? There is a website called uh, materialsmarket.com. They're looking to pay someone £50 an hour to watch TikTok. But... There's always going to be a There's always a but. They wanted to do it for 10 hours a day. That's a long day. And that was my brain going 50 by 10. Yeah, but that's 500, 500 pounds. A day, yeah. I don't think I'd be complaining. No, it is. with you anywhere. This is true. It is a very particular area of TikTok. They're looking for someone who's a TikTok hack reviewer. So, you know, DIY videos, hacks, that kind of thing. They want someone to watch them, see if they're legit. And then they're going to use the information to create actual how-to guides. So it is kind of interesting. That is kind of cool. I like that, Aoife. Yeah, so materialsmarket.com if you think you have 10 hours a day to spend watching TikTok, (laughs) which you probably do anyway. Exactly. (laughs) Aoife, thanks for that. You're going to be coming back a little later on in the show. I am. I'm so excited. We're going to have some Christmas music played at the end of the show. It will be voted for by you. We're putting the two Christmas divas up against each other. Mariah Carey with All I Want for Christmas and Ariana Grande with Santa Tell Me. Plus... I have a very weird song to play for you, Music Fix. Do you remember the crazy frog? Yeah. I'll say no more. Okay, well, um, I'm intrigued. <laughs> it's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. On Amazon Prime, the sixth and final season of The Expanse has started streaming. The first two seasons are available and then it drops weekly until they come to the conclusion. If you don't know what it's about, it's based on the best-selling book series. It's set in the 24th century where things are very, very different from now. Humans have colonised the solar system, but when a group of humans untangle a plot that threatens the solar system's stability, it is up to them to ensure the survival of the system. I caught up with two of the stars of the show, Dominique Tipper and Stephen Strait, to find out, is this really the final season? Dominique and Stephen, great to see you both. Great to see you. Dominique, how are you feeling about this season? Because I started this junket going, oh, no, it's the final season. I've come round to you guys, my last interview, and I'm going, is it really the final season? Are you coming back? 
<laughs> I mean, as far as we know, it's the final season. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I feel so kind of like, what an accomplishment that we we got to tell this gorgeous story of human beings being their most human being itself, you know, with all their flaws and moral, like, kind of ambiguity and the, the greyness of everything. And um, then it's also like, oh, it's the end. Like, you know, very bittersweet feeling. But um, I'm so proud of what we've done here. And I've just very mixed feelings actually across the shop. But overall, I think gratitude for it and to have been a part of it. Stephen, how are you feeling? Do you, in your gut, feel like it's over? Or do you think you'll get a call in a couple of years' time going, come back, we want you for some more? I mean, if any show ever proved that you never know, it's this one. I mean, you know, it, it, who knows? I, but, I, but I will say that if it is, um, it, it's, it's been such an incredible privilege. And it's so rare to be able to, to have a beginning, middle and end to a story that we've all been so passionate about on your own terms mm-hmm. for six years. Yeah. I mean, that's... It's so exceedingly rare to be able to have that. Um, and, you know, we we were aiming at a very specific point in the story and we got there. And um, I, it was, I had to be honest with you, it was such a, it was bittersweet and it was also a relief because my worst nightmare was that we'd get to like season five and not be able to finish. Or three and or, be canceled. Or be th- like, just like not be able yeah. to finish the story. Yeah. Like there's such a passion by everyone involved on um, on the importance of telling this story. The fact that we were able to do it, I'm it's very, rad. yeah, very grateful for it. Dominique, do you remember the first time you stepped onto that set and mm. what you were thinking as you were walking into the unknown? Yep. First scene that we shot was um, in episode one where me, you and Wes are in an elevator together, mm. the one on the Rosie, and I smash it. And honestly, I was crapping myself. That's how I felt. I didn't know why I was there. I didn't feel like I was ready. There was like 20 producers behind the monitors and I was just like, ah, <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, I remember that so clearly um, and to think like we've got to where we've got to, I just, it's wild to me. Um, so yes, that was, I remember that like it was yesterday actually. And I was so nervous, so nervous. Stephen, were the nerves there for you too? How were you feeling on day one? Uh, he's a veteran. Of it. Like he's been doing this. <laughs> I, I, not nerves. I was excited. I, um, I was a fan of the books before the show got started and I was just excited to explore the potential of what was there. Like to me, it always felt like it had that feeling with special projects that like this could really be something if it kind of feels like what it is. I mean, we, and we all just committed. It was the testament to the people involved. Well, Stephen and Dominique, I'm glad you got your beginning, your middle and your end. And it sounds like you may be getting an encore soon. Too. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. The Expanse is streaming on Amazon Prime now. Spotlight. On the Bellissimo Files. On the Bellissimo Files. Yeah, okay, we're taking a bit of a, a, a turn from that. It's not necessarily all new music because it's Christmas week. It's our final show of 2021. Exactly. We can bend the rules a little bit. I am so excited. I know last week I got to play a lot of Christmas songs and that was kind of a first on Music Fix. 
We're going back to the archives. I got you to send me in some Christmas songs that you wanted us to play. And you have chosen two of the biggest divas. First, we're going to go with Ariana Grande and Santa Tell Me. Santa Tell Me if you're really love that. I know. And I know we've said a lot of the newer Christmas stuff doesn't really pack the same punch, but I really like that. It's really nice. Yeah, I think that will be a classic. We probably have done Ariana in Injustice, though. We're putting her up <laughs> against the queen of Christmas. This is Mariah Carey and All I Want for Christmas is You. Admit it, you always try to hit that high note. Yeah. <laughs> and we always fail. And now I need to go home and watch Love Actually. It's just reminded me. Yeah. Um, so, the poll's still up. The poll is still up. Head over to at official spin on trade, get your last minute vote in. And while you're doing that, I'm really sorry to do this to you. This is the new one from Crazy Frog, and it's called Tricky. If it wasn't Christmas and it was April Fool's, I would have thought you uh, you were playing a trick on me. Yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe the Crazy Frog was here to say 2021. I don't think he is. That is the Crazy Frog's cover of Tricky by Run DMC Why? and the TikTok song M to the B. I don't know what's going on. It hurts my brain. How do we make it go away? <laughs> <laughs> With my dance track. <laughs> yes, let's do this. Come on. Are you ready? Eva's dance track of the week. Just clap your hands to the beat. <laughs> So today we thought, I always love the dance tracks you brought yes. in. But um, we're bending the rails a little bit again and going with the dance track of the year. Because this is our final show of 2021. It is. Have I said that enough times? <laughs> <laughs> so I have chosen what I think is the biggest dance track of this year. I think you'll agree with me. Everyone seems to love it. It is Ewan McVicker with Tell Me Something Good. sounds really corny but music like that is what has put smiles on my faces my yep. faces I don't know how many I own <laughs> this year there's been a lot <laughs> I just can't get enough of that Shaka Khan vocals written by Stevie Wonder and just a big banging dance beat I love it yeah uh, me too but what we love is get ready to turn up your radio and hit that high note because what has taken the Bellissimo Files single of the week so happy you chose this it's Mariah Carey all I want for Christmas is you on the Bellissimo Files I don't want a lot for Christmas There is just one thing I need Thank you so much
much for voting that. The Boys from Overhaul's <laughs> Sing of the Week. We need to get our breath back. Because <laughs> Eva and I, we were singing that at the top of our lungs. Lots of singing and dancing in the studio. <laughs> yeah, socially distanced. Yes. Socially distanced. But that was, we're now in the Christmas mood. We just want to say a massive thank you for all of your support and for listening to The Boys from Overhaul's in 2021. It's been another great year for the show. It has been. We'll be back on New Year's Day with a look back at some of our favourite interviews, including Henry Cavill, Lord, Jennifer Garner, and so much more. So that yes. is on Chris, um, New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Yeah. Um, that's us. Done yes. for this year. Happy a, Christmas. Happy Christmas. I really hope you enjoy your Christmas. And if you can't be with the ones you love, I hope you love the ones you're with. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin.